Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Brunel. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> We are so awkward. <laughs> it is almost the end of the week. It is. Yeah. Friday. Gosh, and it's just beautiful a beautiful out. fall day. Like, God. I don't want to jinx ourselves here, but at this point, I think we're safe. We usually get two weeks of good fall weather and yeah. that's it. We're into week eight. We go from like 90 <laughs> degree weather. We'll have a couple of weeks maybe of good fall weather and then we'll go right to snow. Yeah. And this year it's like, I don't know. Winter doesn't want to get here and I'm okay with that. I am too. I know, but we, we just, you and I both kind of had like a little bit of a sadness this week, right? It was weird. It's like, I'm, there are things that I look forward to in the wintertime, yeah. slowing down, yeah. reading more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the thing with like, with it being constantly sunny and nice outside is you, you feel like you got to be outside and be productive, which leads to unproductivity <laughs> in other areas of life, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would like to cozy up in you know my cave yeah. and read books and uh, just you know let you need some chestnuts down. roasting on an yes. open fire. <laughs> exactly. Although I'm not ready for Christmas music, even yeah. though it is. Here. I already started. Just so you know, <laughs> I'm one of those people. Yeah. No. All well, right, Jason. Uh, it it is nice. So uh, it kind of pivoted a little bit from the fall drinks. This one yeah. just sounded like fun. So. Uh, we're drinking white Negronis today. We did way, Negroni. way back. We did uh, an episode that showcased Campari. Ooh. You remember Campari? I do. <laughs> I've, I've do actually, we still have Campari here? You didn't uh, want it. I took it home. I, um, oh, my gosh. It's just in the fact, worst. In fact, a Negroni is a great... Mm, maybe we need to revisit it. Uh-oh. Negroni is a great Thanksgiving drink. Don't oh. ask me why. Don't ask me why, yeah. but it is. Um you know, and this is this is different than your classic Negroni, but we we did a Campari based cocktails episode that sure. featured a Negroni and uh, what's the other big one? I can't think of it right now. Um, but this is a white Negroni. This is yes. a little bit different. What do you say we get right into this, Jason? Yeah, let's do it. All right, the white Negroni: one and a half ounces of dr- of gin, yes. dry gin, one ounce of dry vermouth. Now, okay, mm. I will say that this calls for not necessarily a dry vermouth, but a white vermouth or a blanc. Okay, a blanc is typically a little bit sweeter than dry vermouth. However, you see these mixed back and forth. Okay, for sure. So this is where I'm gonna say my prowess as a bartender. You're just gonna go with your nose as a cocktail (laughs) connoisseur. uh, Connoisseur. (laughs) I did want to balance that with something else because there was another interchangeable uh, ingredient in this. So I went with the Lilit Blanc, which is kind of like a blanc vermouth. So. We're going to do three quarters of an ounce of the Lilit Blanc with our one and a half ounces of gin, with our one ounce of dry vermouth. Mm-hmm. If you have Blanc vermouth, I think that's going to make this a sweeter drink. Sure. And then we got three dashes of orange bitters. Always a win. Garnish with a lemon peel. Unfortunately. You <laughs> like the smell of lemons. I do like you? the smell of lemons. It smells clean. Yes. Well, we'll see if right. this... Let's... Now we have full-blown pine saw here. <laughs> yeah. Let's. If it tastes better than pine saw, we're good. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, what's wrong with that? No, that's good. Hey, nothing Man, wrong I love with that. Gin. Nothing wrong with that. I, you know, gin is 
I it just it's so close to my heart. I love it a lot. Well, it's probably what we pivot to after bourbon or rye. Um, I, I, you know, if you got a, that or tequila, I, I really know. like tequila, but I think Jen's going to be a second place. And there's a, there's a lot of fun stuff happening in the gin world. The the craft gin world yeah, is yeah. full of some crazy distillers doing I've some been, really strange you know, reading things. Reading a little bit more about it, you know, and gin can be made pretty quick. So there's yeah. lots of neat product out there in your bathtub. <laughs> you know, we've I been tried just, that. We've yet. been rolling with Tanqueray. Wow, pretty basic. We could get into some of the more. Yeah, craft. we like. I like Norlit a lot. That's Norlit. Really, yes. yeah, Norlit. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> Thanks, um, man. That's why you're here with me. Hey, you know what? This is dare I say Ooh. this is an Ooh. elegant drink. I thought it was going to be like kind of summery. Mm-hmm. It's no. This is like I would say martini replacement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of, so I know that, that you're same. not a you're not a dirty martini fan. I love a good dirty dirty martini. I know, but I I do remember that the uh, you know the regular dry martini with the lemon peel garnish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it didn't quite do it for you. But you're nope. right. This is real similar. We just add the little blanc in there and orange bitters. Really, that's yeah, that's no. the difference. I was a little afraid it'd be like real dry. No, it's not. It's it's, it's well with it's the nice. gin and the dry vermouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would. Uh, it, it could be really dry. That little and, bit of little just, long. We just tried a, <laughs> a a new bourbon Caleb picked up today, Chattanooga whiskey. Yeah, he loves it. Bottled and bond. Bottled and it's, bond. That's not that's not your normal sitting on the shelf Chattanooga whiskey, which is pretty good. Now that and the cask strength one eleven sits mm-hmm. on the shelf all the time. Right, and it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is the first that I was able to. It's first I've seen the bottled and bond. I've been looking for it for about a year. Yeah, and yeah, that had a a very dry finish i would say but not even finish i don't know what the right word is i for like it. it it was dry for me and i don't i'm kind of allergic to that i don't well they're doing something like a little it. bit different uh yeah. they, they've got 25 percent of the mash bill at least malted Malt, barley which yeah. is not something typical so chattanooga does some different things they're yeah this is not a commercial for chattanooga whiskey but they are doing i was uh, just some afraid interesting things you thought you were going to be Double bamboozled. Yeah. Dry, dry, dry. You're right. Yeah. No, this is great. And I, I it's, would it's soft. It is soft. It's elegant. Yeah. Order this as a martini replacement. A white Negroni. I wonder white how many Negroni. bars out there know how to make this. Well, let's go try. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, this is wildly different than a, a standard Negroni, which is about a third, a third, a third. Gin, Campari, and I can't I think of it. I think dry vermouth. I think it's dry vermouth. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Campari is just, man. It's an acquired taste. Not going to acquire that I've one. I've come around on it a little bit. Now, I'm still working on that first bottle. <laughs> but 18 months later. <laughs> it's, it, it is a condiment. We'll put it that way. It's a condiment. Yeah, liqueur. I get that. But liquor, man. not liqueur. Is it a liqueur? I don't know. I don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not even worth mentioning on this podcast anymore. <laughs> this is a good one. It doesn't. It's not super seasonal. Like you said, it's not super summery. You could drink this year round. Barrel this is nice. Gen, maybe. Ooh, that would be interesting. We should try that next. Yeah, I just I'm thinking like maybe just to make it a little dirty. Just give it a little bit more. Yeah. Personality. Yeah. I mean, there's no low. There's no oakiness or anything like mm-hmm. that in this mm-hmm. so very florally i like that it's good i like that that's good that's a winner we need why don't we, we need to go back to some of these winners yeah, i know right. i mean we do a lot of old fashions manhattans yeah because I, mean, I don't even have to think about it right you know we always have those <laughs> ingredients <laughs> well all right yeah let's get into it because this is a finance podcast 
Uh, <laughs> last I checked, <laughs> we are we are picking up part two of our estate planning mistakes to avoid series. Oh, you all have been waiting. You've all been waiting. All well, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm I am going to say it. The last episode didn't seem super popular from downloads that I saw. It's yeah. now it's really hard to tell. Yeah, sometimes it's they, early. they pop and they spike, but. Something tells me a lot of folks out there are thinking, ah, estate planning. I don't need to worry about that. I'm young. I'm in a community. Maybe we should change the title of this like, you're going to (laughs) die. Well, but I think the point is that, no, this is something you should be thinking about now, regardless of where you're at. Yes. Uh, This is not just for someone who is old. (laughs) (laughs) You were thinking it. (laughs) These are things to take care of now, dang it. Yeah. So listen, you're old. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, darn it, listen to it (laughs) and keep listening to this one. Okay. Yes. And actually these are, these are young ones. They are. But so was the last one, it sort was. of. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's important stuff. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sharing it with everybody. So let's dive right in. We're gonna we're gonna touch on five more of these common mistakes Ooh. that we see. Uh, I don't know if they'll be at part three. I'm not gonna commit to that yet. Well, let, let's see how it goes. <laughs> let's see how it goes. Yeah. All right. So Jason, I think this is still fresh in your memory from your conference. But you know, we we kind of were beneficiary focused on the last one. We were. We might be a little bit more. POA focused. That's power of attorney <laughs> on this one. So Jason, that just um, sounds like such a bad thing. <laughs> lots of clients, lots of folks have POAs as they yes, should. Yes. Right. However, here's a mistake we, we see often with folks who have POAs. Mm-hmm. They don't give them to their custodians or their financial advisors or, or their, their banks. banks or yeah. Right. So they have this document. Great. Yep. Mistake number one is not setting up your POAs with your custodians. Yeah, I think most people think that. And I don't mean your janitor. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) what do I mean by custodian, Jason? Most folks think that by having the document, you know, folded up in that nice little folder that your attorney gave you, Mm -hmm. that that's all you need to do. Nope. Okay. If you have a power of attorney, you need to take it to your financial advisor and your bank and you need to say, I need this power of attorney to be established on my accounts starting now, starting now. And the power of attorney document, if you take the time to read like the first five paragraphs somewhere in there, it's going to tell you that you have to be incapacitated. First. Right. You can't just be like, well, I decided grandma is crazy. And so I'm going to go in and take all her money out. That's not how it works. But most financial institutions will not take your power of attorney unless it has been established and signed by the owner by the owner right so you can't end up in let's i hate doing this let's be morbid here let's pretend let's pretend something bad could happen the proverbial bus runs over your foot Uh, okay your foot uh i was gonna say you're laid up in a hospital bed Mm -hmm. car accident you're You're in there a while financial decisions for yourself. Right. Let's just say that. So someone says, let's dust off. Let's get in the file cabinet. Yep. Is that still a thing? Let's dust sure off is. that that uh, envelope that we got from the attorney's office because it's mm-hmm. got that power of attorney document that mom and dad talked about. Yep. Right. You take that into your, your uh, you know, wh- wherever, your bank, your, your bank. custodian. That's probably going to be the most likely place. And they're going to say, oh, well, the owner needs to sign this. And you're going to go, well, why do I have this? This is so I can act on their behalf. Yeah, but they got to agree to it. Like, right. I couldn't just go out and say, I couldn't walk next door to the attorney's office, Jason, and say, hey, uh, I tell you what, Jason's been acting a little goofy <laughs> lately. Let's draw up a power of attorney for him. And then I club you over the head. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I use my power of attorney on all of your accounts here. Yep. Right. No, you couldn't do that. It's no. got to be signed by the owner. Right. 
right? So in most cases, yeah, and, and there are some cases where, but not yeah, not most. It's worth the really the moral of the story here on point number one is you'd better find out. You did the work, right? You planned. You did the thing, and it's so people just have so much resistance to doing the thing, doing the work, <laughs> getting it done, and then we put throw it in our file cabinet, never to be seen again. Until it's absolutely needed. And I don't know if it's be because you just hope we never have to use it. I, I, I don't know. I, I think there's just a misunderstanding of how these things work. So they say, I did it. Uh, you know, we did it at the attorney's office. It's notarized. Therefore, it's gold, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you still got to establish it on your account. So uh, if you have Ask a the POA, question. and let's let's be real honest, Jason, out of all of our accounts that we have here for clients, how many of them have POAs? Very few. How many of our clients have POAs? Most. If they listen to us, they should. Right. Right? Exactly. So yeah. some of this point. is on us probably too, right? Yeah. Dang it. Okay. Self-reflecting. Any, anything else on that one, Jason? No, I think that's good. Okay. So here's, this is an interesting take. You mentioned this when you got back and I went, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Sure does. But I, don't, I didn't think of it. So mistake number two, not getting a POA for children who have come of age. Correct. Right. So you have a young man in your household who is 18 years old. Now 18 years old. Yep. Right. So I am still keep supporting him. Mm-hmm. He lives in my house. God forbid something happens to him. He ends up in the hospital without a power of attorney. I would be unable to get any information about his condition without his consent. Yeah. Crazy, right? Because you're supporting him. Yeah. Except for under the law, he is his own man. He can't call himself into school absent. <laughs> 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 but I... I need a power of attorney yeah. to get health healthcare information about him. So this is super simple, guys. Like healthcare power of attorney, probably a five or six page document. Again, child has to be um, super boilerplate stuff, super by the way. Not plate. hard to go do. Yep. Child needs to be 18 years old when they sign it. And so we we have that done. And uh if something happens to him, God forbid, we're able to call the hospital and get some information. And we can act financially for on his behalf too. Yeah. Now at some and, point, and he's a young man who's working. He's got yeah. some financial responsibility. He drives. He's got some work. obligations, yep. and he's got some assets that he's that would need to be managed. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So he's at the point where you know there's enough going on in his life. He's not just going to school on the school bus and coming home. Uh, he's all over the place, and that is just the reality. So, yeah. So I think this is real. This was one that caught me off guard, and totally. It, it just so happens that I was updating my personal estate plan and my attorney said hey your son's gonna be 18 in a month you need a poa and i was like huh duh yeah yeah so you go well yeah that makes tons of sense why does nobody talk about that well guess what folks we're talking about it that's right that's why you should (laughs) share this with all your friends (laughs) yeah you know what because of the flow of this jason i think i want to go to what we have listed as number five oh well it's the best one Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, because it kind of is in in the same ballpark of what we're talking about so number three is also number five, <laughs> is not communicating these wishes to the next generation or Ugh. our POAs or who's going to be handling our business, right? Ugh. If we are incapacitated or if we are expired. Um, <gasps> big common mistake that we see is that, you know, people left in charge have no idea no. what's going on. They no. have no idea what the wishes of their parents or their, you know, maybe it was a friend, whatever. Because you never communicated those wishes. This Sometimes so you don't even tell them that you're... Hey, by the way, do you want to find out that you're someone's executor after they die, Jason? Happens all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Yeah. And I mean, 
just so you know, if that happens, you can always be like, I'm not going to do that. Well, you can do that just so you know, but, but it's not, this, it's not, uh, it's not optimal. This just blows my mind. Okay. Like I cannot even fathom. Okay. A situation where it's prudent or it makes sense or you're being a good steward to keep it a secret mm -hmm. until you're no longer on this planet. Yeah. Okay. I am not only passionate about this particular topic because, uh, but I think it's like malpractice. If you don't have this conversation with your clients, you don't have this conversation with your, your parents, your siblings, you know, and I get it. It's, These are not comfortable conversations. It's so uncomfortable. So make sure, make yourself a nice little cocktail. There you go. Have make this yourself a white Negroni. Have yourself this conversation. And, and really the true reason for this is, okay, if you have more than one sibling, Odds of money becoming a problem when you're no longer on this planet or you're incapacitated, okay, are so high yeah. that it's just not worth it. And so if you are at the point in your life that you're getting closer to maybe your exit strategy, <laughs> exit strategy, okay, and you're no longer going to be on this planet uh -huh. in the next whatever, okay. You have to talk to your fam. Please yeah. give them the knowledge of what you want done. Yeah. And, and there's so important. There's layers to this, Jason, Begging. right? Not only do you not know the wishes, you might, I mean, sometimes it's hard to decipher what, what, what truly the spirit of the document, uh, document would be without knowing the right. wishes, right? I mean, we all know how to interpret legalese, right? But there's always gray and, right. you know, there's, there's some wisdom behind what it may say. And unless you unless you describe that to well, your executor, they're not going to know what to do. Here's the other thing. When you don't communicate your wishes, chances are the people left behind with the mess also don't have the information necessary, right? So That's access right. to information. Uh, this was I thought this was really interesting, Jason, because I looked through some of these examples. Access to access to a will, access to trust documents, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, passwords. Digital Where assets. are your assets located for mm -hmm. crying out loud? Right. Cell phone passwords. Gosh. Right? I mean, let me put you it You want this them way. to hold the phone up to your dead face? I'm gonna tell you <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. I mean, seriously. We had a couple of years ago mm -hmm. a situation where a young man thought he was walking home and he th he thought my house was his house, apparently. Right. And he tried breaking into our house. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, was he surprised when I came to the door and said, can I help you at three o'clock in the morning? Right? right. And he took off running, but he left his cell phone behind. <laughs> right. So this guy, it wasn't like just a knock on the door. Right. He was trying to break into my house. So <laughs> I called the police and I said, oh, by the way, this guy left his phone. And mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, we don't have the password. We can't get in. I'm, okay, so if the police department can't get into the phone, how will your heirs? how are your heirs going to get? In? That was a silly. It was a crazy story. I realized, but yeah, like how are your heirs? How are the people that need access to this information? How are they going to get it if the police department's not going to get it? Yeah, now so are there ways? Yep, yeah, maybe by an act of Congress you can get someone's <laughs> cell phone password. That didn't even work. Remember, that's true. Yeah, so like the it is important. You know, I kind of have this binder that I keep. What's uh, a binder? Of uh, it's paper documents. What? What are these paper documents? <laughs> <laughs> and I have it in a fire safe. It, it does have all this there because God forbid something happens to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, my wife would be in a lurch. 
And I just, I just don't want that to happen. Yeah. So again, these are almost as important as tell everyone your wishes. Yeah. Where's all your crap? <laughs> yeah. And it's, how can they access it? No, a, no surprises, right? Yeah. Keep a good list of like where you have accounts. I mean, especially folks that were like post depression era people. Oh, yeah. They Scat- have accounts scatter. everywhere. <laughs> so it's important just to kind of, it's hard. It's much worse to wait for the mail to come in and be like, oh, they have an account at, right. you know, or like we've seen second people National just Bank, popping you know? into banks and yeah. brokerage firms saying, hey, I know you probably can't tell me this, but did so and so have an account here? They died. Yep. And you go, huh? No, I can't. Well, hey, I can't tell you that. But B, they're like, yeah, I don't know. Stuff's everywhere. <laughs> and they never told any of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, safe deposit box getting drilled oh, out, yeah. things like that. Those keys, guys, there's no backup. Yeah. So it's your key. <laughs> so it sounds obvious, but it's it's not obviously. It's not. It takes work and it takes thought and it's morbid and it stinks, but you have to do it. So moving on. I, I think uh getting into some more technical stuff here, Ooh. Jason. This is this is where I think it gets a lot a little bit more fun. But here's the, and this has got some layers to it as well, but mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I think people, a lot of times when it comes to estate planning, they think, well, how can I give some of this money or some of these assets while I'm still living, you know, and avoid gift tax and all these other things, right? How can we do that effectively? Uh, so first of all, th- mm-hmm. that's a good train of thought. Good, good, good way to start thinking. One of the things that people don't consider a whole heck of a lot is this, and we've had this situation, client sits down and they tell you, here are my wishes when I pass. I want to leave this much to this grandson because, you know, God bless him. He's a hard worker. He hasn't been great with money. He's got loads of student debt and I'd like mm-hmm. to help him out. Okay. So their thought is when I die, I yep. will leave them X amount of money. Right. Here are some things uh. to consider. Direct payments to things like education expense or medical expense. We don't have to worry about gift tax nope. uh, on, on that, right? Nope. Uh, as long as it's a direct payment, right? So. You go, little Johnny ran into some some bad luck. He's a hard worker. He just needs help. He, he, here's an idea. Just write a, write a check for the tuition. Help him out now. You get to see him now. Yep. You don't have to worry about the gift tax. It's not factored into your estate. So there are there are some things that I, I think if, if in your mind is I want to leave X amount behind to help with so-and-so's medical bills, so-and-so's education expenses and all that, just do it while you're here. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of times we think, that uh, I might need it. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is where a competent financial advisor, financial planner, comes into to play. Where do you find one of those? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've been asking myself that question all day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you, you know, do some income planning. Understand what you need, mm-hmm. and if it's become obvious that you're at the point in your life where it's like I'm not going to spend all of this. Okay, remember what it was like when you were starting off. Yeah. Fifteen hundred bucks, a thousand dollars, five hundred dollars was like life changing, right? right? So you know, helping somebody take care of these expenses, especially the medical ones, a lot of times that's unexpected. Yeah, and and it's crippling. By the way, when it comes to financial planning, there, Jason, how many times have we met with someone who's by all accounts done the right things, but they are just up to their eyeballs in medical debt? I mean. Four, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollar a month payments just yeah, for it doesn't take much to something. get there, by the no, way. No, not at all. And it can go on and on and, and on. And you can say there are plenty of folks who end up in that position through mm-hmm. no fault of their own, right. through no money mismanagement or anything like that, right? Right. And a lot of times they actually blew through their emergency funds. Uh-huh. And uh it's just such a nice way to give someone a blessing. 
based on your hard work. And again, no gift you get, tax. You get to no enjoy gift tax it now, return. They right? don't, it's just now direct there's payment. You got to pay the bill. Yes, pay yep, the bill. Pay the bill for them. Yeah, but, there's um, there's a lot of reasons for this one, Jason. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of reasons. While we're talking about gifting, let's move on to number five, which is also number four. <laughs> <laughs> That's not confusing at all. I think all. we're at five, right? I don't know where we're at. <laughs> and we see this mistake quite a bit, where older clients are gifting. They're they're starting the gifting process, right? Going, yep. okay, well, I don't want this big estate problem, so That's I'm going right. to start gifting assets, and they gift these large assets that have appreciated over a long time, uh-huh. right? With low cost basis. The farmer mentality right here. Or the <laughs> farmer example is probably the best okay. one. Don't you think? Yeah. So 80 acre farm, you know, get I, this out of my name. I'm going to get it out of my name. I want to give it to little Johnny. He's such a hard, I paid worker. $200 an acre I for paid, it in 1965 and five. I paid <laughs> 200 bucks an acre. You know, I got, my cost basis, 80 times 200, real low, real yeah, low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I give it to him, and now what? Uh, yeah, somebody gets to realize that gain. His cost basis is now your cost basis, yeah. the $200 an acre times now, 80. Now, on the other hand, you just kick off. You just die. Plain they inherited die. it at your stepped-up death, date of death cost basis, right? That's right. Yeah, why, why, would you pay the, why would you do that? You wouldn't. <laughs> well, you some people do. You shouldn't do that. You yeah. need to wait. Yeah, some of those really low, low basis, highly appreciated assets. Mm-hmm. I think that that's those are the ones that a lot of people have a lot of urgency around getting that off the books, right? Yeah. But really, you ought to be looking at the stuff with higher basis. Correct. Right. And, and saying, hey, let's get that out. You may not get right a now. stepped up basis on right. that stuff. So it just depends. So this particular example is one where I think a lot of like emotion get factored in let's yeah. say like i want to give it to johnny i want to make sure he gets it okay i don't want him to have to pay his siblings ridiculous amount of money mm-hmm. for the land i want him to have it great you just need to do that in your trust or your will make sure that it's detailed exactly what you want to have occur if you don't it's up to the executor how it's handled. Yeah. And and so this is not a one size fits all. I wouldn't say nope. that this, you know, makes sense in every case. But I mean, so, sometimes it is necessary to gift large assets which yep. unfortunately have a low basis. Mm-hmm. But if you can help it, um, it, it just seems unnecessary, right? Right. Again, it can be yeah. handled in other ways. If you are certain you want to give it to one of your children and the others are going to get more in the estate, great. Just write your documents that way. It yeah. can be done, which a competent estate, a plant state. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing, uh, the, you know. 30, the, the, the 30, <laughs> the attorney, the, <laughs> the attorney will be able to handle. I think that that's why this is more than a 1-800 legal forms thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to spend some time and, you know, look at your uh, balance sheet. Make sure folks under the attorney, especially understands what you're dealing with before you start making big decisions. And that's where communicating your wishes go a long way because sometimes we communicate our wishes and we start to go about things the way we think is the correct way of doing things. And then a competent professional is going, hey, wait, why, Time out. why yeah. are we doing this then? No, right. you just told me you want to do this. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Right. And that could cause your estate to shrink Yeah, absolutely. Like significantly for no good reason. Yeah. Well, Jason, I think this was another good one. Yes. Uh, maybe not the, the most popular thing to talk about, but... Uh, You're going to die someday. It's going to happen. 
So maybe we'll come back to this and hit some more estate planning mistakes, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll see how we feel next week. Thanks for having a drink with us this week, folks. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Cheers. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.